0: Welcome to the Fearless Women Podcast. We're inspiring conversations for the unafraid. I'm Janice McDonald, founder of the Beacon Agency, author, and global champion for women. Why am I making this show? Because I want to share the inspiring stories of women leaders in business, arts and culture, politics, and more with all of you. Hear how they've chosen to go forward and be bold and make the world a better place. Even when it wasn't easy to do. Subscribe now wherever you find podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Fearless Women Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome listeners from all over the world, including USA, UK, Belgium, Mexico, Australia, and so many more countries. Thank you for joining us. We want our community to grow, so please tell your friends to listen. And yes, show the love with a five-star rating. Thanks also for your continued support of my beautiful best-selling book, Fearless Girls with Dreams, Women with Vision. I love knowing that the stories are so meaningful and continue to resonate with all of you. And yes, you can pick up a copy everywhere you buy books. Remember shop local. Okay. I'm so excited to welcome my guest today. We did it. We made it happen. I have been chasing her to come on the show for a long time. So I'm super delighted to tell you about this remarkable guest. A few words from a long list to describe her. Railblazer. Change maker. Serious inspiration. I am talking about Emily Mills. She has been recognized by Women's Executive Network Canada's top 100 most powerful women, 100 accomplished Black Canadian women, and Ryerson University's Alumni Achievement Awards, just to name a few of her well-deserved accolades. She's brought women from her How She Hustles community to meet former U.S. First Lady Michelle Obama and hosted a round table with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, to name a few. She founded How She Hustles in 2010, and since then has created one of Canada's leading social networks for diverse professional women, from entrepreneurs who are making their mark in the startup ecosystem to corporate professionals who are changing the leadership landscape. Such a pleasure. Welcome to the show, Emily.
1: Oh, what a kind intro. Janice, thank you for having me. And boy, I looked at your list of past guests, and I am truly humbled to be among them. Um, Great to be here.
0: So delighted. So, all right, let's start with how have you been managing during this <laughs> pandemic? You're a mother, you're a business leader. Like, you know, how's this been going for you, Emily?
1: You know what? It has been a real mixed bag I'm going to keep it 100. I I understand that's how people speak on your podcast. They just (laughs) lay it out as it is. So there have been highs, there have been lows, there have been wins, there have been losses. But overall, sitting here speaking with you today, I am filled with a heart of gratitude. Mm. There have been certainly some difficult things. Right now, I've got two little ones, homeschooling, Mm. virtual learning, and trying to keep That in order has been a lot. Also caring for family members who have been in hospital, just dealing with that reality that some of us have been dealing with. And of course, trying to figure out how to navigate as an entrepreneur during this unprecedented time. So much of what. I have been known for and my, my community is bringing diverse women together through these events for the last decade mm-hmm. and not being able to do that just as we were getting ready to celebrate our 10th anniversary. Boy, was that a kicker. <laughs> yeah. But the upside is mm-hmm. personally and professionally, so many new possibilities opened up. Mm-hmm. Personally I have never spent so much time enjoying multiple generations of my family in this way. It has been such a gift to be able to regularly speak to my 95-year-old grandmothers who are mm-hmm. both alive in the Caribbean and healthy and of sound mind and well We're regularly checking in with them, uh, using technology. Our family has been doing all kinds of things, story times, games night, birthday parties online, and just being able to connect with people all around the world has been amazing. Uh, I would also say the upside business-wise is people have been looking for different voices communities, entrepreneurs to support. And so it's opened up new doors, new relationships, new ways of working. And I will say a little plug, I'm so proud of this little team uh, that I work with. We celebrated our 10 year anniversary during the Mm -hmm. pandemic online and had the best celebration People loved it so much. We actually just got recognized with an award for best virtual event by the number one website for Black Canadians in this country. So highs and lows, but overall, giving thanks. Love it.
0: Love it. And I love how you focused on finding the um, the gratitude in <laughs> amongst all of it. And it's such an inspiring approach, right, to keeping us centered when we can feel kind of challenged because it is such a unique time.
1: Well, you have to. Otherwise, laugh or cry. Like you do pick your pick your lane. Like I can't change. I can't change what's happening out there. But I can certainly change the way that I approach it and my outlook every day when I get up. So I'm trying to focus on that gratitude and hang on to it each and every day.
0: So Rosa Parks once said, "I have learned over the years that when one's mind is made up, this diminishes fear. Knowing what must be done." does away with fear. So tell us about your work, why you love it, why you started it, and why it's needed now more than ever. We know you've celebrated your 10th anniversary and you're busy now in your next decade of this important work. Just shine a light, give us the scoop.
1: It's been an unpredictable journey. It's how she hustles started really by accident. I didn't come up with this 10-year business plan and then launched my business. Not at all. It was really born out of my own need to find community and to be reflected in spaces when I just kind of didn't see it. I was in 2010 i was working behind the scenes in media and communications i had gone to journalism school i loved telling stories about uh, what my life was like as a young black woman and i was looking for other people who were navigating through their career young women who may like may like myself have a immigrant family history you know i was born in canada but my parents came from the caribbean And obviously, I'm a Black woman, so that racialized experience as well. And I wasn't necessarily looking to land myself in the C suite. I knew that I wanted to lead, but lead in my own way. I didn't want to park my identity at the door. As a matter of fact, I wanted to wear it proudly on my sleeve. And I found that in a lot of the women's events that I was going to, I just didn't see enough of me. And I didn't see enough women who didn't look like me. I wanted to see more diversity, more inclusion. And that is essentially the impetus for the very first How She Hustles event, which then grew into this movement. So I posted something on social media one night when I was working behind the scenes at a nonprofit, just saying, "Eh, I'm always hustling, trying to juggle basically my passion for community and particularly the Black community, the arts community, racialized communities, women, but also I really wanted more of a regular gathering of women who also felt young and determined to lead authentically from their lived experience, which might be more racialized or BIPOC, that type of thing. And so after that Facebook post, I just said, anybody want to meet up, maybe we can all kind of talk about what we're dealing with because I'm looking for my tribe. And next thing, you know, 50 women showed up. They were from various backgrounds, not all black women, not all women of color. Everyone was welcome, but everybody believed in having a space that was more inclusive. And that was the birth of how she hustles. People saw the pictures and then they were like, when's the next one? I was like, next one. I wasn't (laughs) really planning one. It was just a meetup. And so it just kept going 10 years later we've now hosted you know so many events mm-hmm. from fireside chats to brunches was our signature thing until i was like okay once i saw 250 people for brunch and i couldn't even see the people at table 95 at the back i was like okay this is getting too big people were flying people were re- carpooling. Uh, We had everything from Olympians to CEOs, politicians, media personalities. There were so many people who were just looking for a different kind of space and a different kind of energy. I I was really unapologetic about creating How She Hustles events where people could walk in and it wasn't just about wine and jazz. Actually, you're going to hear soca and calypso, and yeah, you might want to have some ginger beer and some sorrel, or a patty, or a samosa. What I also was really thrilled about is, as the events evolved, I always wanted to make sure that women were at the center of the work, not just in terms of the guests, but as the people creating the environment. And so that means that women were running the soundboards, women were the caterers, the photographers, the DJs, the poets, the front end staff, the decor, every single thing, We, our social media team, our graphic designers, everything. Because so often I realize that women, particularly women of color, in Canada, don't always get the opportunity to shine. And sometimes we get the opportunity to shine in very small particular ways, but as How She Hustles evolved, I realized, no, it's it's the time where we need to be seen on par with everyone else. And thankfully that message has been embraced and we have done this work with the help and goodwill of so many people like me and not like me. Uh, How She also, I guess I would just say, has evolved into some things. Thank you for mentioning Her Story in Black was one project that we did um, in 2017. Once the events evolved, I realized I don't just want the stories to live in a room and everybody feels inspired and connected and reflected. And then they leave and they take the stories with them. But what if you weren't in that room? Mm -hmm. That's why I decided to start to get into digital content. And that has been increasingly a part of our work. So Her Story in Black was a project that was birthed on my little laptop in my living room (laughs) to showcase 150 young Black women, from neuroscientists to architects, police officers, tattoo artists, engineers, just young Black women who just never had the shine in the way that I felt they deserved. And using the power of social media, it literally spread like wildfire. I was like, we're gonna do this project. We're gonna find some staff. I have no budget, no team, no sponsor, but I believe this is the time. And with the help of an incredible small but mighty army, that's what we did. I was working at CBC at the time, behind the scenes in communications. And it was the first time that I went to them and said, I think I've got something here that I want to collaborate on. I'd always kept church and state separate, and that was the first time. And they ran with it, worked with me. And Her Story in Black became this amazing multimedia series as Canada marked its 150th anniversary. And it became a one-hour TV documentary, a 400-person event. Women were seeing themselves on radio, uh, on television, hearing themselves on radio, seeing themselves on digital, telling their story of being one of the few or one of the only ones in their industry. And yet, when we did the photo shoot, they walked in and realized they weren't alone. Mm-hmm. And from that, that movement, that energy, we continued on with other projects most recently with the Startup and Slay digital series. It was the second year we produced it during the pandemic. (laughs) No small feat. No small feat. So we, in 2019, we flew across the country. We profiled all of these diverse women entrepreneurs, particularly women who had immigrant or refugee experiences, Indigenous entrepreneurs, those who identified as part of the LGBTQ plus community, Black women, All kinds of women were featured in the series. We held events in 2019 and recorded some videos and stories. But because of the pandemic, we had to do everything digital in 2020. And it was phenomenal. We put out this call on social media yet again, and just allowed people to see if this idea resonated with them of more inclusive storytelling, of what entrepreneurship looked like in Canada. And thankfully, Uh, I have to shout out, if it's fine with you, CIBC, Rogers Sports and Media. First time we've had a media sponsor for Startup and Slay and also Shopify. And we produce these four awesome, totally interactive, keep it real digital events focused on starting a business during COVID-19, scaling up a food business, making business more accessible, and entrepreneurship and Indigenous allyship. And we had applicants from seven provinces from right across the country, hundreds of applications for women and non-binary entrepreneurs who wanted to tell their story. And then we made sure that we commissioned articles, which you can read on my website, howshehustles.com, where it was really a service piece. It was really practical. Okay, great. You just heard an inspiring story. Tell me seven ways to finance my startup. Tell me five tips or five steps on how to get my product into a local grocery store or retailer tell me five things I can do to make my business more accessible. Tell me what does allyship look like from an entrepreneur's perspective, from the lived experience of these women who were profiled. And so that's what we did. And that's kind of been the journey of how she hustles so far. Can't wait for what's next. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're only just getting started. Okay. Here's a question. So Clearly, you know how to make your dreams a reality. So, what's your advice for others on being ambitious and on going for it?
1: Don't pretend you have everything perfectly mapped out. It's okay to tell people you don't have all the answers because often that is the precise moment that your help will arrive. Mm -hmm. When I look back at so many things that How she hustles is accomplished. And yes, I've created this community. It is my brand. It is my company. But I have definitely not done this alone. And that's because I think so often I put my hand up and say, I don't know what I'm doing. There's a lot that I do know how to do. Make no mistake, I'm proud I worked hard for that journalism degree, worked hard for to study PR, Mm -hmm. worked Mm -hmm. hard in different companies to get my experience. And I've had some incredible mentors and sponsors who have helped to show me. The, the the path and the way to go but there are still times where i have to say i'm not quite sure should i go left should i go right and i need the smartest most passionate people who share in my vision to help me get where we need to go and so i would just say for people who are dreaming or people who have a vision trust that vulnerability can be a gateway to infinite possibilities
0: that's beautiful.
1: Wow. We we think that everything has to be perfect before we present it to the world. But I've learned that the magic is in co-creation. It's in trusting that the universe, and I really believe in that, is going to bring you who you need to meet. Bring you who needs to teach you. Bring you who you need to exchange energy with. And that has been why I think so many of our projects have resonated with people. Because they feel like they're part of it. Because they are. So
0: what about on speaking up and taking your place? What's your advice for others uh, from your specific lessons learned?
1: It's so important to take up space, but to think about when and how. And it's also okay to bow out sometimes. So often I think people call, especially as women of color right now and Black Mm. women, and entrepreneurs, we are getting called on in ways that I don't think anyone ever could have imagined. Black women entrepreneurs right now in Canada, it's just, it's an avalanche. Suddenly because of your gender, because of your racial or cultural lived experience, and because you may be an entrepreneur doing business, tapping into a different market, or just operating in a different sphere, So many people want a piece of us right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but certainly that's how it feels for me. And so it's really critical that I think about when and how I speak. And sometimes that means not declining an opportunity, but deferring and saying, you know what? I actually think this isn't the right time. Or I need a little bit more time to think about this. Or sometimes it's about, giving someone else an opportunity. You don't need to hear my voice again. There's somebody else's voice that you need to hear. I don't need to speak on behalf of someone. I'm actually gonna move out of the way and let them speak for themselves. So it's important to take up space and recognize that we're in a moment right now, and this may not last forever. Black Lives Matter hashtag has already disappeared off so many timelines. But what I know to be true is that my experience as a Black woman and as an entrepreneur, that's never going to change. I don't need a hashtag for that. I hope it gets better. But the truth is, so many of the things that the world is now talking about, I've been living for my whole life. And I have sons and family members and a whole family that is going to continue to live the world in a way that isn't always kind or equitable to them. And so it's important to take up space and share that lived experience. But I think for for people who don't walk that walk, it's also important to recognize that it can be emotionally taxing to have to explain your lived experience all the time and also provide a guidebook to others while doing the same thing. So it's okay to take up space but also okay to take up space to care for yourself so you can keep doing the work.
0: Making space, stepping aside, stepping forward. It's an elaborate dance at times, I think.
1: I'm Um, telling you, I've got some (laughs) tap shoes in my closet.
0: (laughs) What's it going to take, Emily, for real change in terms of inclusive leadership?
1: The taking up space piece is part of it. Mm -hmm. Some of us need to realize the time is now as i said it may not be perfect it may be scary we may not have all the answers but the time is now to step up speak up and speak boldly i can definitely tell you that there has been there have been moments where i have self edited so much and as i have grown into my own skin i've realized that I've gone through certain things and I've been put in certain rooms and I've had the opportunity to meet certain people for a reason. And it's not about me getting all that energy and all of that experience and all of that wisdom to just hoard it. I have to do something with it. And so it is important to share that back, share what I've walked through, share what other people have gone through and take up that space when it's important. But it's also important to make space. And that's a big part of what How She Hustles is doing. Everything that we've done, whether it's connecting people for media interviews, giving people the mic to speak at How She Hustles events, creating these digital projects where they have multimedia platforms to amplify their voices. It's all about making space particularly for diverse women, for women of color, to finally be seen and heard more often and more holistically, as opposed to just being limited to one identity. And so more of us understand that it takes energy just to be present sometimes, but then there's that added energy of kind of using those elbows gently to make room for others and to say, yeah, I can be on this podcast. But who else can be on this podcast? Yeah, I can go and meet maybe, you know, the First Lady or the Prime Minister. But who else can I bring around the table at the same time? I would say the the last part is, is really about creating inclusive leadership means that it's not just my work as a Black woman to say, okay, how do I work my tail off to get a seat at the table? But it's also about allies, allies in action. You know, allies sounds like a nice title, but real allies, which means there's got to be some action to it and some intention to it and some authenticity and thoughtfulness and thoughtlessness to it. That those allies also need to make room. And sometimes that means making room beside them, but sometimes that also means stepping out of the spotlight to let someone else step in. And that's not an easy thing to do when there's so many dynamics to this world at play. Sometimes it's challenging for all of us to see our own privilege, and I count myself as one of those people as well. And so sometimes creating a more inclusive leadership landscape means that we have to make a choice that we are going to step back from our own privilege, our own opportunity, so that others can do so. I would say the last thing around inclusive leadership is, you know, so often I hear, especially in this diversity, inclusion, equity, context, people saying, you know, who's missing from the table? And I think it's a great question, but one of the things I've been thinking about more and more is not who's missing from the table, but what table might you be missing from? There's a table of influence or maybe a diverse table or maybe a more inclusive table or maybe a a table that just represents a different way of living, thinking, being that's out there that actually needs you to go over, pull up a chair, sit down and listen and figure out how then you can take action based on someone else's needs, someone else's priorities, someone else's blueprint, as opposed to always directing things. Because it's not always about what we wanna project out in terms of the space we give others to lead, but that other people may already be leading if we just take a minute to recognize their leadership as it is.
0: You're so clear on what needs to happen and you're working really hard to make that happen. How though, Emily, do you handle criticism?
1: I am really seeking it out more. How am I handling it? Some of it I handle well, some of it I really need to sit with, but I would say I'm absolutely in a season where I am looking for it. And I know that I am and it's not just blowing smoke because I'm actually being a bit quieter in this very moment. I've been quieter on my social feeds the last couple of months, not because I've been criticized per se, but really because I'm trying to be thoughtful about what I'm hearing and what I could hear if I wasn't as loud or if I listened to different voices. And so there's the criticism that other people will get, will give you. But there's also, and I don't even know if criticism is the word, but there's also your own self feedback that I think is really important. So often we can do and do and do, and it's all about the praise that everybody else gives you. And I have to say, it has been so humbling to receive so many accolades over the last 10 years but I'm not interested in resting on my laurels. I'm really constantly self-reflecting and thinking about what could I do better? What can I do differently? Where can I step back more? Where can I work in collaboration more? Are there things that people have said that I really need to revisit? If I got feedback and haven't been able to put it into practice yet, is this the time? And so I guess I would say right now, criticism is, or self-feedback or constructive feedback is something that I am really looking forward to receiving, not because I like to be picked apart, but because I know that I want to do even more meaningful work in the next decade of How She Hustles and my life. And I think that Having a stream of feedback from other people and taking time to also really reflect on your own journey, that's a great way to grow and evolve.
0: So when was the last time you've cried, Emily? Last week. (laughs) (laughs) Say more. Tell us.
1: Last week. Well, um, this is fantastic because yesterday, this weekend actually, was my birthday I, I, I turned yeah, Happy oh, birthday. Thank you. I turned 25. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> no, I'm really proud. I'm really proud to have lived this little time on earth that I have. And I think just leading up to that milestone, my soul just felt like just an, a massive ocean wave of emotions. And So much gratitude was in that wave. So much gratitude that I really felt a healthy, cleansing, thankful cry was in order. I have had some amazing things happen. Some of them you mentioned, of course, our timelines don't tell the whole story, our digital bios don't tell the whole story. But if I look at the sum of my life, I am so. Grateful. Man, there have been so many things, even the things that were hard as hell. I feel like my steps were divinely ordered. And I don't say that with arrogance, but with the utmost humility. Like my life was designed for a reason. All of our lives were designed for a reason. And I guess I just feel even more aware of that now more than ever. And so it's from that place when I realized that during this global pandemic, that I have a home, that I have a family that is healthy and loving, that I'm able to do what I love, that I'm surrounded by people who extend goodwill, that I have certain freedoms and privileges that so many around the world don't have and they have no choice in the matter. That I have a voice that I'm not afraid to use. That I'm here to be able to breathe. And I say that with such awe because in the last few years, just before the pandemic actually, I even watched a dear, beautiful friend of mine take some of her last breaths and she wasn't that much older than me and so with all of that the sum of the the shiny beautiful moments and the awards and the press coverage and all of that that's all great but in the midst of all of that what i'm most grateful for is people and memories and learning and growth, and with that, I think I just felt like thank you so much for everything that I've been given, and that's what inspired tears of joy.
0: Mm,
1: that's beautiful. Take
0: us back, Emily, to the ten-year-old girl. Where where were you in the world, <laughs> and what were you into? And 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 by the way, what did your teachers say? What what does it say on the report card about Emily?
1: Oh boy, I gotta dig <laughs> that up. Oh man. Um, you know, it's funny. I just posted, I don't, I wasn't 10, I was probably maybe five. I just posted a picture on my Instagram of little Emily with her little pigtails. I almost look like um people used to tell me I look like Rudy Hux- Huxtable from the Cosby show.
0: <laughs>
1: cute, <laughs> a little Precocious so cute. little kid. But anyway, 10-year-old Emily was creative. She loved the arts. She was a little ballerina went to her little piano lessons, she loved reading, she loved people, people from all walks of life, and I think even as a kid, I often felt like I could see the heart of people, you know, I don't know if that sounds weird, but that's how it felt, like I could just feel people's intention, I'm I, even as an adult, I'm really big on vibes and energy, and uh I wasn't afraid to use my voice even then. That's amazing. I
0: tend to have that sense of self to know it's time to speak up, Emily. It's time to do stuff. That's inspiring. Tell us more.
1: Well, I I mean, I don't, now that I'm a parent, I think so much about where does that come from? Now, that whole nature nurture thing. (laughs) I will say that I think absolutely nurture deserves. A huge credit for who I've become. And that credit goes to my parents. They're so awesome and amazing. And they were West Indian parents. Don't get me wrong. They were, they were not who's the boss parents and family, you know, they were Caribbean parents who were not playing (laughs) around, but they really saw me for who I was even then and encouraged me. When I said, mom, dad, I want to be an entertainment lawyer. They said, okay, no problem. When I said, mom, dad, I want to go to music school. Okay, no problem. Mom, dad, I want to travel across the country by myself later on in life for a month on a train. It's a backpack. And they were, like, and I was like, I'll figure out where I'll sleep. I'll just couch surf, make a few connections. I'll see you in a month. They were like, okay. We certainly have had our head butts over the years, but I have to credit my parents for just really encouraging me to become myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. permission yeah.
0: to be yourself
1: for sure and i had great teachers incredible teachers you know i went to an alternative school i went to montessori and so very early on even as kids i mean i went to a school where in grade 5 and 6 we were given contracts to complete our work and it was up to us to manage our own time and be responsible for doing what we needed to do and And we're calling our teachers by their first names. And it was just a mate. Like it was just a complete, we had no no classroom walls. And it was just a completely different way of being nurtured. So there was that. But also I would just say by nature, there's certainly been moments of doubt. And moments where I wasn't so sure about things. But overall, I think I knew as a little kid that I was always going to be friends with the cool kids, but also hang out with the kids that people didn't necessarily regard that way. And I loved both of those worlds because both of them were me. And I hope that, I guess that energy is something that I've carried on in adulthood, that I just see different parts of different people in myself. And maybe that's why yeah, I've enjoyed relating to so many people and hopefully that when people have come to How She Hustles or interacted with us online or connect with me on social media, that that's what they feel that I don't think I'm better than anybody else. I'm in this world, just trying to find my way, just like everyone else. And I've met some incredible people along the ride.
0: I have made space for others to, uh, to be part of the ride. It's uh, very inspiring, Emily. Final question. What's your dream for the
1: world? that everyone finds their way. I think that's my dream. Everybody's needed for something, Mm -hmm. whether it is helping to amplify other voices, whether it's building a new table for people to convene and make a difference, whether it is encouraging someone to speak up because their story is worth hearing whether it's finding a way for people to make a living at what they love, whatever it is, we all have a gift. And if people can find their place in the world and feel comfortable and feel like this is what I'm meant to do, this is where I'm meant to be, then we'll all be enriched by what we were designed to bring into the universe. And so, yeah, my dream is that Whether it happens when you're 10 or whether it happens after a healthy cry, as you hit another 25th birthday, that everybody just kind of has that sense of self that allows them to go out in the world and just do the damn thing. Trailblazer, change
0: maker, total inspiration. I'm talking about Emily Mills, who has dazzled us today. If you want to follow her and learn more, howshehustles.com and Wow. Emily, what an absolutely inspirational conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Fearless Women podcast.
1: Thank you so much. What an awesome birthday gift. Take good care.
0: Thanks for listening. We want our community to grow. Tell your friends, follow us on Instagram and sign up for our newsletter at fearlesswomenpodcast.com to get the early scoop. Thanks again to our amazing sponsors, BDC, Lockheed Martin, and Export Development Canada. Subscribe and Apple Podcasts are in your favourite app. And if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating. I'm Janice McDonald. Stay fearless. Thank you to Export Development Canada, the international risk experts, for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. Supporting Canadian companies of all sizes succeed on the world stage. EDC takes your worries away and helps you grow your business with confidence. When your business has no borders, neither does your potential. Find out more at edc.ca slash women in trade. Thank you to BDC, the bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. We love smart companies that want to amplify women's voices. For more information, go to bdc.ca slash women.